Welcome to episode 185 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 185 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James. How's it going, mate? I'm very good. Why is that? Because the sun is shining. It's pretty windy the out there. The wind is blowing. Is it really pretty windy, is it's it? It's pretty windy, but training's happened, so I'm happy. See, I've got to do training this afternoon. Mm. I've hurt my neck. That wind's going to get up even more. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it? I might just go in one direction and get Joe to pick me up. That's a good idea. Have you ever done that before? Is it wrong? I'll be doing a lot in epic camp, and I won't be complaining if we have northeasterly to northwest winds every single day. What are the chances? Well, you're more likely to get north- northerly-ish winds than uh, southerly winds, you'd hope, in summer. Oh, it's exciting times. Well, I hope you have a good ride this afternoon. Yep, it'll be a crazy one. I've hit my neck. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com Get on to the coffee deals with free shipping. Athlinks.com Get on there and check out your mate's results. And trybuys.com Get on there and crank that spin the spin wheel. Spin the crank. Spin the crank. <laughs> crank the spin. Mm. Beautiful. Okay, well, in this week's show, what have we got coming up? We've got a bit of news. Not much news this week, to be honest. Slow times. A bit of a quiet week in the uh, Ironman world. We've got an age group of the week. We've got a website of the week. And we've got an interview. You want to tell me about it, John? We're gonna inter- we've talked a lot about um, some ultra sort of type events that neither Bevan and I have done before. And one of those events is swimming the English Channel. So yep. um, one of our listeners, Paul, sent us in some details on a mate of his who had swum the English Channel. Um, and we're going to interview him later on. Nice. And then um, we've got some questions and answers at the end. So first and all, for news this week, we had Ironman Arizona happening and good old the Rapster. The Rapster's given up, given up the rapping career and he's becoming a pretty solid athlete. He's become a pretty good year for him this year, hasn't it been? Good result at Ironman Canada. Course record here in Arizona and pretty dominating display against a reasonably good field, you know? It was, it's not... Um, well, it's, it's still world class time, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like it's it's a pretty good time anywhere in the world, isn't it? Well, no, the course. And all it's the rest it's of a fast it, course, but he broke the course record, and yep. the course record was held from last year from um, um, what's his Becky, name? No, no, um, no the guy who got second in Kona. Yep. Uh, you know him? Yep. The German dude. <laughs> yeah, this guy got second. Raylert, Andreas Raylert. He set course record there last year. Jordan Rapster broke that uh, this year, really on the back of an outstanding bike leg, four twenty two. Four twenty two. Great. Good steady swim, 50 minutes of sort of coming out with the And it wasn't the like there was much. a big pack, you know what I mean? No, like he soloed it. Yeah. TJ Tuckinson is known as a very, very strong rider and he couldn't stay with him. Uh, so that was a great ride. And so you've got to consider, um, you know, 4 hour 30 bike split is uh, averaging 40k an hour. So he's averaging over 40k an hour, you know, probably 41 uh, 42k an hour 180k what two. I find frustrating being a triathlete is you talk to cyclists and yeah. you go oh yes I average 40 and they think oh yeah I always do that no you don't you're in the bloody pack mm. you know what mm. I mean like, oh, oh you, or you get people at the gym yeah. I think it's people at the gym I love the people at the gym but they go oh I went for a ride and I averaged 35 and I think really did you average no, you might have seen your speedo once at yeah. 35 <laughs> There's a difference than an average. Yeah, and the New Zealand roads, when we're talking speeds, 
they're, they're a little yeah, maybe that doesn't so, make a difference as well. But um, four twenty two, obviously, it's good, good fast roads over there. But that's an outstanding split, and then you just had to do a nice steady run, two fifty five for an eight thirteen. I did my peas on this as well. But uh-huh. last year at the race, which I found pretty fascinating, the top top four places were all within seventy five seconds of each other. It was very close. That was last pretty year. exciting. Um, and yeah, that's what. No, that's your, yeah. your piece. No, it's got a bit on the girls as well. A bit on the girls. But anyway, uh, so Jordan Rapp splits fifty minutes <coughs> swim, four twenty two bike, steady two fifty five for an eight thirteen. TJ Tolkinson, good solid race for him. Um, finished second in eight twenty, and only just held off Abel Torsten. Seventeen seconds in front of him. Yeah, for an eight twenty. Abel Torsten, he's been top ten in Kona, so he's a, he's a good athlete. And he ran down Cunningham. Yeah, yeah. So happy days. So that was. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if it was Richie Cunningham's first Ironman, but I, uh, I think he has done some in the past. But it's uh, been a few years. He's so. a bit of a half dude, isn't he? Yeah, but you got to remember he he raced seventy point three champs last weekend. He didn't have a great race, but to back that up into an Ironman is is pretty solid. Mm. Uh, the other one of note there seventh place Clements Cohen. I think he was first age grouper. Uh, not last year, the year before in, Stepping up In uh, Hawaii Well, on the girls side of things, John We have another world record breaker Not world record, but Arizona record breaker Sam, Sam McLone Our enough, friend, because I did her goggles, didn't I? Yeah, and we met her at the after party yeah, as well She was a bit of a good chick too, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was nice and chatty um, It's her first Ironman win because she got second in Kona last year, didn't she? Second in Kona on debut, and then last uh, in Kona this year, she had a good steady race in fifth, um, coming back from injury. So stepped it up, good solid all round race. Normally you would expect her to run a bit quicker than that. Yeah. Um, so her splits fifty eight for the swim, four fifty six on the bike. That's pretty solid, and then three ten on the run for a nine oh nine. So good solid race, and uh, and I think you know. Looks like she's maybe put these injuries behind her and, and um, sort of really getting stuck stuck back into it. And, she took um, the lead eight miles into the bike and pretty much just held on for the rest of the day. Mm. The interesting thing was that Lindsay Coburn, the girl who got second, or Corbin I should say, she had a penalty bike penalty, which cost her four minutes, and she which lost at them. the end of the day, yeah. <laughs> which it may have been a different race, but still it, you would be a bit gutted, wouldn't you? So she ran a 3.04, that's pretty solid. They had um, Nicordo too at Canada, didn't it? Yes. No, yeah. he, no, he punched it. He didn't get oh, it was a punch. He, I think he got two punches no. and lost by it. No, that is a very, very solid Women's field there. So you had Kate Major in third place in 820. Yep. Uh, Gina Kerr in uh, 921. She's been top five in Kona. Leanna Cave. Leanna Cave, short course world champion um, in the past in, in fifth. What's happened here, John? Uh, it? Don't know what's happened there in seventh. That's a little bit funny. So the top five there is, you know, that's that's as a strong as you feel yeah. anywhere you'll get in the world outside of Kona. So don't know why they're all rocked up here. I guess, um, like we said, they were maybe looking for that uh, Kona spot for last year because not many of those girls got it this year. So good on them to see some good. Well, Andy Cave was actually dominating most of the day as well, and he kind of blew up in the second half of the run, got overtaken. So she mm. often does that, you know. She, I don't think she's quite got it figured out yet. She's she's a really good athlete, and uh, and she's an athlete I think could do you know top three in Kona, um, but a three thirty five run is just not going to cut the mustard. You know what I love, John? Me. Well, and you. I do love you, John, because, you know, I love everyone. But I also love the fact that Jordan Rapp's actually doing a bit for the rap star. The rap star's is actually doing a bit for World Bicycle Relief. Now, I'm thinking what it is. I haven't read too much into I, I, it. I'll read this. I'll go, John. So he's basically uh, trying to raise money for um, schools in Africa so they can ride bikes. So it's basically a fundraising um 
gimmick that, that we're going to talk about a little bit more in our topic gimmick. of the week. Gimmick. Not it's gimmick, a, it's, a it's a project then. Project. But the cool thing about it is, and, and we were asking last week for ideas on, on how you can you know, enhance the amount of money people give to you, and he's got all his sponsors on board, well, I don't know if that's all of them, but uh, a lot of his sponsors on board, and he's got some wicked prizes. So. And what he's done that's quite cool is basically you've, it costs to get a kid in Africa a bike around about $134 US. So if you buy, if you donate $134 US, you then go into a drawer for one of the prizes. So he's got like a specialised bike. That's just a specialised bike. That's wicked to be able to yeah, be in the drawer to win a specialised oh, bike. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, And then he's got some other stuff as well. He's got those, <laughs> he's got those funky ass uh, Norman Tech um, boot things. Remember when we were interviewing Craig Alexander? Oh, he had them in those big really? compression boots. And Craig Alexander loved them, didn't he? Yeah, he did love them. And then uh, speed play, which is some kind of pedals, pedals, and helmet and books and stuff. So if you want to support him, we'll put a link to it on www.imtalk.me this week. But so far, he's raised around about uh, seventeen thousand, but fifteen thousand dollars, sixteen actually. And someone's come and said to him, "Look, if." Whatever you raise, I'll double it up to $100,000. So now A million dollars. I said, a million dollars? Yeah. Whoa, back it up. (laughs) And so he's basically, he wants to set a target of 22,000. So he obviously gets $50,000 worth of bikes for these kids. So if you want to donate some money, we'll put a link to it on our website. And we think it's pretty great that he's using his exposure to help. It's pretty good. Don't all the Africans run to school? Well, now maybe we shouldn't be giving them bikes. Yeah, because, because be, but there's no water over this there. Is the, maybe this sweet. is the American um, strategy to try to destabilize their dominance in distance running. Yeah, nice. Yeah. But then they'll just dominate in biking. Well, that, this is true. This is what I'm thinking. But I'm thinking they won't get into triathlon because where would they swim? Well, Africa's surrounded by water, but a lot of it I don't think you can swim in. Yeah. Mm. So I'm thinking we're right for triathlon. But anyway, it's a good idea. Imagine if the, if the Africans did cycle. Hold on. No, I won't do it again. <laughs> you do occasionally get the old one um, but, yeah, trying. But look at them in running. Yeah. You know, if, if that could be transferred into cycling, surely there'd be some... I know it's a different game, but yeah, I'm it's sure... It's not a black man's game, is it, cycling? Really? Oh, no, it's, a, it's an affluent sport, and it's you know, like a lot of sports, like running, they're good at running because they start at a young age. Most cyclists are good at cycling because they start at a young age, yeah. so they just wouldn't have the infrastructure to support it. It's a pity, because it'd be great to see. Okay, uh, okay what other news we got? Okay, so coming up this weekend, we've got Ironman Cozumel. Cozumel. The very first Ironman Cozumel. It's sold out. Uh, sold out quite quickly. Didn't like sell out the first day, but it's down there and in, uh, in Mexico. New Mexico. race. Be interesting to see how they go. It's a um, going to be a windy course. It's an, on an, on an island, uh, so you're not allowed. It's like like Kona. You're not allowed to use disc wheels. Uh, it's going to be. Oh, pre- you're actually not allowed to use them. No, no, you can't oh, use disc wheels in Kona. No, you actually weren't allowed to. No, uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a non-wetsuit swim, um, which will which will yeah, probably spread the field a little bit more in the swim. Bike course is you know, pretty flat, but there could be a lot of wind, so it's going to be interesting to see how the that course. goes. Sorry? Have you checked out the course? Oh, I've got some guys racing. Oh. That was going to be my one, <laughs> gonna say, one, criti- one criticism of this, of this course. If you actually go onto the um, site and you look at the, try to find detail on the course, course description. go to course description, it doesn't really tell you a lot about it. I mean, uh, it tells you the directions and stuff, but one of the things that was good about the North American... Uh, That's pretty good. North American sports site uh, was they gave you a really good profile of the course. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough. But anyway, okay. and the run will likely be reasonably warm. Okay, so let's have a look at the field, John. On the guy's side of things, we're going to get my first, actually. Yvonne. Yvonne Van Vleuken. She's going to be the favourite, isn't she? She We've is. We've got Bella. 
Bella Bayless. She's got to contend with, but I think Yvonne will be on a bit of a mission after having a disappointing Kona. Uh, you know, we talked. To, we actually talked to her about this race. I can't remember if we talked to her on the show or not. No, we did, didn't we? But she was really oh, keen to do it. Um, I was too busy thinking about that feed. Yeah, but she wasn't so sure how she'd back up from Kona, and given that Kona didn't really pan out at all well, um, I'd say she's going to be on a mission, and she should go fast because she's really well. Keen the good chick, Biscay, is going to be there, and we've also yeah. got Edith Niederthringer. So, so it's it's not a bad field. Bree Wee, um, so it's it's not you know, not not too bad a f- field, but um, I think Yvonne's it's not on a mission. big field, but is it? No, it's small and no. pro women's field. Go back and okay, let's get the boys up here, and on the boys side of things. You got Victor Zemensev. Uh, what about this guy here? Good old Rud Kabiki. Rud Kabiki. Uh, we got informed by one of our Belgian mates that he put his foot through his his chain or his uh, cranks or something like that. So he wasn't going to race Kona, but he was going to target this race. So you I've know, got a question for you: What's happened to then, um, Chris McDonald? Uh, he's a little bit injured at the moment, I think. I got, we got an email from him the other day, um, but I think he's still a little bit injured. Is he? Okay. Because you'd expect to see him at races. Yeah, like I haven't seen him in a while, and I saw Alex McDonald there. I thought, what's happened to Chris? He's not bad. He used to be a very, very good age group of that guy, Alex McDonald. Okay. So, you know, you'd have to say on paper, Rudd Kabiki is a fantastic runner. Um, he should be right amongst it. Stephen Bayliss is there, and Victor Zemensev. So I'd say it'd be a bit of a battle between uh, between those guys there. What about Dan Brown? He wrote that good book. He did, The Da Vinci yeah. Code. He's obviously retired to become a triathlete. Okay. Right, <laughs> always the obvious yeah. jokes. Okay, then Bevan, uh, we got an email through from Matthew Caldry, and basically saying he went to enter Challenge Barcelona, mm-hmm. and he went to the website challengebarcelona.com, mm-hmm. registered, all good, and. Mm-hmm. It was a fake site. Well, no, I don't think it's a fake site. So I think we've got to be a little bit careful here. That was a site I think that was used last year, oh. um, and they've changed the management of Challenge Barcelona. So it's still the same guy who's running the race, but they're doing it under a different business. So oh. I don't think there's too much sinister here. He was—I think he was worried he was going to. Well, someone's gone to court. I know that much. Oh, okay. So anyway. If you're going to enter Challenge Barcelona, you go to challenge-barcelona.es. Yep, yep. Do not go to challenge-barcelona.com. Uh, it still looks like it's active, like you said. We're not too sure if it's sinister or not. No, um, and what, what Matt has said here is that Felix actually contacted him and said, oh, look, there's some problems here, but we're sorting it out. Mm. And um, he fixed it. And he said they, they acted professionally in, in everything they did. So Challenge-barcelona.es. Would it be sold out yet? No. No? No. Okay. Well, Don't think so. Don't quote me on that, Bevan. I'm not going to quote you on that, John, because okay. I never quote you. Again, athletes.com, a bit of a disappointing performance by the group this week, John. We've got three up there. No, I think we've got four. Oh, four? Uh, yeah. Somebody else has got on there this morning. Okay, wait a second. So we, 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 put the, we put the word out there, basically. We want to know ideas on how to fundraise really well if you are looking to do so. We had uh, big old Daddy Dick. Got like the Rapster. So a bit like the Rapster. We had uh, Peter Tinholt, Daddy Death, who's been uh, setting records in New Zealand in terms of fundraising um, for cystic fibrosis. Oh, Peter Tinholt's got some ideas. Here we go. Let's go, Jombo. I'll do Peter. <laughs> okay. Okay, first of all, set up a personal fundraising website, such as fundraisersonline.co.nz, and you can do that with Challenge Athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of your own kind of foundations you want to support, I imagine, will have a similar thing. Email everyone you know, your colleagues, friends, suppliers, whoever, and tell them what you're doing and why. Give them a link to your fundraising webpage. On the site, you can set up a blog, which you can update alternatively. Send everyone an email every few weeks, months, so on, to tell them what you've been doing. 
give them an opportunity to unsubscribe if they don't want to hear from you. Tell your employees about what you're doing and get them on board. His have been very supportive. Uh, write to the community groups such as Lions, Rotary, tell them what you're doing. Offer to speak at their club. Organise events like quiz nights. Organise a raffle. He ran an online auction for sporting memorabilia after having contracted many, contacted many sports stars and asked them for an item. Almost everyone said yes. Get press releases to local media. Try to do contra deals. He wrote a number of companies. This, this, was, this was a good one because I read this part here. Is what he would do is he would go into a, a shop, obviously where he'd maybe go regularly, and say he wanted to get a pair of Mizuno shoes because yep. he'd always get Mizuno shoes. Um, he would actually get them, get them at cost price and then he would actually put the balance of the money that if he had had to buy them retail into his charity. So he'd say, right, oh, oh. say a, shoes, a pair of shoes is going to cost So me. I'm going to spend 200 bucks on a pair of shoes. You, yep. you make 100 bucks off them. Give them to me at cost, and I'll give that 100 bucks I was going to spend. Exactly. Oh, that's so really it's great. no skin off, the, uh, you know, off, off them. Also, I found out how hugely motivating to get people I know uh, who found the disease. So actually you get to know the people who actually have the problem that you're trying mm-hmm. to fundraise for. I've developed a personal bond which makes... Getting out and training on windy, wet days is much easier. I hope this helps. That was pretty good. Pete, that's, that really shows the amount of commitment he's put into a day. That's a lot of and money. he's done it for a few years in a row as well. Yeah. Like, that's wicked, I reckon, eh? Yeah. He's a great guy, Pete. Fegan, I raised $1,000 for Marie Curry Cancer Care, my first Iron Man. Uh, like Pete mentions, it was a case of setting up a charity page and spamming as many people as possible. You certainly get a great response from your first <laughs> Iron Man. I tried to bring the distances home by using local landmarks, for example, swimming oh, nice. first That's and good. fourth twice, cycling from Edinburgh to Aberdeen and running a marathon. Um, whilst it was great raising funds for charity, I also used it, at, used it as a motivation not to back out when the going got tough. Thankfully, there wasn't much of an issue, but it was a great insurance policy. Um, with the advent of Facebook, Twitter, and obviously Athlinks, you can now keep up with people up to date with not only your progress, but every single training session. If that fails, you could also sell a kidney or spend the weekend at a local Red Night Light district. Nice. Always saying, be Jordan Rep and get loads of great prizes from your sponsors. Mm-hmm. Set up an auction before I am in Arizona, raise shit loads of cash, and win the race. I haven't actually read this one here from James Botel. And he's saying it's a bit bad that he actually made the discussion up and he commented on it, but no. He's got a few. Engage your beneficiary and ask them to support for fundraising advice. Nice. Build your network, engage your family and friends, send press releases, kind of similar to what uh, Pete was doing. Take advantage of your employer's matching gift program. A few people do that. So the old Ballistic Hammer, um, who works in with Challenged Athletes Foundation a lot, is anything he donates to Challenged Athletes, his business will match that. So. That's pretty great. Have a poll in your office and uh, to guess your race time. That's cool. Nice. Uh, get a uh, person who comes closest to your actual time wins a portion of the pool. If you send a letter out to solicit donations, enclose a self-addressed stamped return envelope. Oh, Always yeah. send a thank you letter upon receiving a donation. And he's also got uh, recommended sites by Janice. Nice. So, ideas, John? I've never fundraised, so I haven't got a whole, whole bunch. But I think you need to, as Peter, Peter said and a few of the other guys said, is it's, when you're doing it the first time and if it's a if, if you're new to sport and it's going to be a massive challenge, I think it'd be a lot easier to get people in behind you. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't done it. <laughs> so you, Devin, got, you got nothing. Well, I think everything's been covered there. <laughs> I think um, you've got to make it as easy as possible for everybody else. Like that self-addressed envelope would be great. And if I, if I was going to do something, I would, again, do a bit like what the Raps has done and try to get my sponsors on board and, and, and create a bit of a, a prize pool. Them. But if I was going to do it, I'd need to find an event that I, that was really going to challenge me. So it wasn't going to, for an Ironman, you know, I know I can finish it. Yep. Um, probably, do like a 100k run or something yeah, like that. And you'd you know, like, it would have been good for me to do something like on the, on the length of New Zealand. I did think about that, but... Um, you can still do it. It's not too late, John. Okay. 
You can, uh, you can be my um, event manager. Okay. You can manage, okay, I'll, yeah. I'll do the I distance. I we should get Pete on to it. He knows what he's doing. I'll do the distance. You can be manage everything else. <laughs> okay. Lock it in, Eddie. Uh, yeah, for me, uh, I haven't really done a lot either. But one thing I try to do is I always try to donate to other people. So sometimes support other people and what they're doing. Mm. And then if you actually set up a fundraising page yourself, I'm sure people will kind of give back as well. Um, so kind of, I, I kind of do like the idea of the fundraiser thing. And it's quite easy just to set up a, a website nowadays and just send an email out to your mates. And even, even if it's only a thousand bucks at the end of the day or if it's only a couple hundred bucks mm. most charities will love whatever you give them so right. it's just spending a bit of time and you, there's obviously different levels of commitment and someone like Pete he's decided to make it a big commitment every year when he does mm-hmm. a race and what he's doing is pretty amazing if you ask me um, and then other people will just get a couple hundred bucks but I do think you know, use this this thing you do that's quite a big thing to get other people involved in, in a way that's more than just about you achieving this goal mm-hmm. a really great thing to do Nice. This week's discussion, good old Bevan. Oh, what a great name. Bevan Coles. Coles. Sent through this one, and he's saying... Uh, the, the, the summary of it... It's, 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 it's an interesting one, isn't it? You know, when you go to an Ironman, um, at most races, you know, there'll be... Uh, it's pro rata how you get the Kona slots. Yep. Um, so, you know... So, how many slots per age group? Yep, there's more in, say, the 40 to 44 men, because there's more men in there. But what you do find, as you go up through the age groups, you know, say the... The 60 to 65 women, there might only be a couple of women in there, yet they still get a slot, whereas there's, say, 300 men or something in the 40 to 44, and there's only maybe three or four slots, something like that. So his question is, once you get over 60, should it break into 10-year age groups for the slots? Maybe not necessarily for... You know, prize giving and stuff, but for the slots, and then it's a li- that trying to say is, is that fairer for the guys? You know, the, the bulk of the field. Mm. Controversial topic, Bevan. This is a controversial topic. What's your view? <laughs> it's next week. Oh man, I always want to know about it now. No. I'm gonna wait till next week. Yeah. So, uh. should over sixties break into ten-year age groups for Kona qualifying, and thus allowing a few more slots to roll down to the age groups where there's larger numbers of people? I think it's gonna be a brave person who says they should. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, but I do want to use to do it. Yeah. Right, here we go. Age group of the week. Wait, John's giving me shit about my swimming stroke. Yeah. It's, 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 Bevan has got sore neck because he's been swimming lots. No, well, what's happened was I've been swimming. <laughs> twice a week for 2k (laughs) but I have been going pretty intense in that 2k I've been quite impressed with my times to be honest because I'm definitely not what I was but I'm not that far off it either so it was quite nice but anyway and then the other day I was teaching an ad track at class and I kind of had a fit I'm like stuck in this mood (laughs) Ah! and and I've popped my I've done something to my neck so Mm. Wanaka's going down the tube Ah, you'll be fine (laughs) what six weeks I wonder what kind of field they'll have there you reckon I'll pull off the top 10 Uh, I wouldn't be surprised yeah no I'd say the reasonable, reasonable size numbers, but they'll all be South Islanders. I wouldn't expect a huge number of North Islanders to be travelling down for the half. They no. will for the full, but I'd say for the half, it mostly be Christchurch and. Who, who, um, who's in my competition then? Most of them are doing the full. You know, the local guys, you know, Andrew, yeah. Andrew Abercan, Andrew Black, they're Good. doing the full. Go, go um, guys in the full. Guys Anyone else think about doing the half? I really think it's time you step up to the full. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're all killing me on the bike on Sunday. Oh, really? We're at the end crew. Uh. There's one or two down there that could be could be handy. Oh. Um, one of the guys who we met in Kona, but I think his wife just had a baby or just nice. about have to more have a baby. Kids. Hey, mate, don't be selfish. This isn't so, the time to be selfish. Yeah. Think I mean, about your kids. So, Bevan, you're on for the one. If you don't win, you're a failure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this age group of the week is good old sent from Andy Burned. I can never say his name. Search. I Search. Okay. Uh, and good old David Glossy. 
David Glossy, the hairdresser. Yeah, that's a great it's, name for a hairdresser too, isn't it? Eh? Andy's hairdresser. So we wanted to nominate him. He's in the 35 to 39 age group. He's my hairdresser, so a true age grouper. And Andy's got big hair, remember? I think he's got... Is he? I, I seem to recall. You, you talk. I'm going to find him on Netflix. Um, but he's a ripping fast athlete, and he went to Ironman 70.3 UK, finished 28th, I assume that was 28th overall, and 4.55, um, which is a very, very hard course, so the time doesn't actually mean that much there, because it's just your placing is probably more important, um, and he qualified for the 70.3 draft fest in Clearwater. And what John did was bloody brilliant. Anything that's in there? No. no. No, I think okay. You keep talking. No, so off he went to the seventy point three champs, Dave Glossy, with his time of four fifty five from Ironman seventy point three UK. Went off to Clearwater, swam a twenty eight forty four, biked two ten. That's bloody fast on that. I mean, two ten is fast. Was he in the pack? Was he in the pack? <laughs> and then ran a one thirty one for a time of four sixteen. So about forty minutes quicker than what he did in UK. Ranked two hundred tenth and division position one hundred forty third. Nice work. And next time we're in the UK, we expect a free haircut. I need a haircut too. So do I, actually. How often do you get your haircut? Not enough, if you ask Belinda. Really? What would she say? She likes me to get my haircut a little more frequently. Oh. Mm. Your hair doesn't get that long. Here he is. Oh, no, he's got a good, he's got a good haircut. Here we go. He's a youngster. He's a youngster. How old 17, is he? 17. Male. Male. Towncaster, Northamptonshire, GBR. He always comments. I love that about Andy. Yeah. He likes his apple. I like that. Uh, oh, I'm a friend. I'm a friend. You're not a friend. a friend. You're not a friend. Oh, Andy was in love. There you go. You probably haven't accepted it. You probably denied oh, no, access. I, no, because I actually accepted everyone today. Ah, uh, not feeling there like. You go. He likes all the products I like. He likes IM Talk. Oh, Jira, I don't really care about. Specials, I don't really care about. Apple, yeah. Oakley. I got some old Oakley sunglasses. People love Oakley, don't they? Do. I got some old Oakley sunglasses. I'm selling them on Trade Me. They're an okay, Nick. Yeah. They're up to hundred bucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> People Absolutely. love Oakley. They do. Man, gotta be careful you get it. the legit items though. There's not a lot. No, this is the real deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's all good. But so, Andy's hairdresser, Dave Glossy, you are our age, age group of the week. week. And Andy, love that haircut. Yeah. Looking sharp. Yeah. Seventeen. I wonder if he's picking up a chick yet. Were you going out for so. girl when you were seventeen? Of course I was. What was it in? I know where it was. <laughs> I, I was just moving through. I, I was just moving through the field. You know? There was no long-term business back then. <laughs> You're a player, were you? Yeah, player. Right. <laughs> that's right. What was the, what was the first girlfriend? You, first girl you kissed? What was her name? Not, let's just—it's a triathlon show. Oh come on! They love this crap, John. Tell us. No. You're not going to tell not, me. I'm not going to tell. I don't think you've ever kissed a girl. I haven't. Belinda was your first. Wasn't she? Yeah, she was my first. <laughs> mine was. Mine was Amy Barrow. She was too tall for me, yeah. and so because you know how girls develop earlier, mm. you know, like it, it, intermediate stuff. Okay. I got boobs, and you haven't even got pubes. <laughs> and so I went to go kiss her, and I went on my tiptoes, missed the mouth, and got a nose. Oh, nice. Yeah, it wasn't too sharp. So, yeah. come on, just give us a name. Just get on with the <laughs> just, show. Just the first name. No, I'm keeping this. This is a triathlon show. <laughs> I showed Joe. I showed Joe was around last week. I was showing the endings before we got together. She was laughing. Oh, nice. Yeah, she found that really funny. Anyway, uh, what are we going to do? Where's the week? Okay, put the music on. Website of the week. How are we? (laughs) Just clicking over seven. Nice. James Botel sent in this week's website of the week. He's trying to get serious now. And... 
<laughs> James, you must spend a lot of time on the internet. You send through a lot of content, which I'm not complaining hey, about. we love your work, mate. We, we love, love your work. work. Yep. He's come up with a good one here. Come up with a good one, John. Tell us why. It's a link we'll put up on the site, which is on runtry.com. And it basically has all the qualifiers from North American Ironman races and their times. So you can sort of see which races are faster, which races are slower, so what, what you've got to do to qualify. So it's basically so it's based, on, oh. based on time. So, for example, we're looking at the top of the page, which oh, is the, age group. Tw- the okay. 18 to 24 male age group, and you can see the fastest time in any North American race was an 8.57. Surprise, surprise, it was at Ironman Florida. Surprise, surprise, the second one was also at Ironman Florida. And so it basically goes through and tells you where people qualified, um, what their time was yeah, and what pretty race. good for an 18 to 24 year old but to pull off a bloody 8.57 yeah solid it's very solid I'd love to it's know on that, it's on that. It's on that. it's on that fast course down there though. the one they, they drafted yes <laughs> um, and basically if you go through this course I mean uh, pretty much all age groups are fastest times uh, either Florida okay, most of them are Florida Arizona there's, no, couple Arizona. Of, there's a couple of Arizona but most of them are Florida so what's the fastest age group overall I think, 50, I think they were there. I'd say that. So in the 53, 35 53. to 39. Yeah, no. go scroll back up. 35 to 39. That bloody page still. Oh, Chris, Christopher. Is it that one? Cobble. Christopher Cobble went 8.52. Yeah, no, he was. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're 8.52 right. at Arizona. But most of the other ones are from Florida. So it's just a useful resource if you know what, you, what you've got to do and which races. And How much can you think about that? Let's say, you know, I've done Ironman New Zealand this year. And I did, I don't know, 11 hours. And, and then I, I'm thinking, I want to qualify next year. And over the last few years, you're right there, mate. Just a bit of a, he's molting bit of, next bit to of me. Bush on me. <laughs> he's molting. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was that? Mind on the job. Okay. Well, I can't, you're not very good at focus. God, yeah. don't distract me like that. Okay, so you, you've done Ironman New Zealand, and you're thinking you want to qualify. Can you really base the last year's time, or do you need to look for like three or four years? An average, and then you use that as a guideline, because you never know who's going to rock up. And Ironman New Zealand is notorious. And now the pros, are, the pro field's going to yeah. change it a little bit. Yeah, so I think that's going to shake John things rocks up, up a people. Lot. He's going to take a few slots. You're going to go back to Kona next year, aren't you? Not next year. Huh. Um, so I think yeah, it's good. that's going to throw a few cat amongst the pigeons. Um, but you know, generally, you can see a bit of a trend. If you looked at the last three years, that's going to give you a reasonably good indication of ballpark what you need to be doing to, to get in. Okay, so let's say you're one of those people who's really close to a, a qualifying time. Do you aim, let's say, and you you know, maybe you do a 10 hour and a qualifying time tends to be around 9.50. Do you train yourself for a 9.40? Oh, yeah. You gotta, and you've got to train yourself for a fast run. I think, you know, that's the thing. You gotta, if you're looking at qualifying, you know, I, I would spend some time in your off season working on your, your swim and your run because uh, if you can get that swim up and you can, you, know, you can be a bit further up the field and ride with some slightly, you know, faster guys, and then um, you've got to bring it home on the run. If you want to qualify, you've almost always got to have a decent run leg and not be one of those guys that just explodes on the run. Yep. No explosions. Which is pretty much most of the field, really, isn't it? So <laughs> yep. If you're going to outlast the field, you'll be sweet. So get onto there. We'll put a link up. It's quite a long um, domain name, but, but basically, runtry.com. It gives you an idea of the... the well, there's different fields as well, but isn't it? So it's hard to tell. Mm. Wisconsin's got a lot of slots, isn't it? For that age group. Three. One, two. Three, four. Five. So a lot of slots in Wisconsin. Right. Go to Wisconsin. That's what you do. Okay, then, uh, let's go have an interview. That's right. So, 
So we're going to interview John. Just done the interview. But we're going to put it on now, so they, they don't know we've done it. That's right. That's it's the up. magic of podcasting. All the things you need to know about the crossing of the English Channel. A couple of rules here. What okay, you, here what you, what you can rules. wear. You're only allowed to wear um, one hat. I'm not quite sure if that's a silicon hat or it's um, whatever you can wear there, but one swim hat, one costume, goggles, grease, and earplugs. So none of this bloody... Um, Wetsuit. You know, or or um, you know, skin suit or anything like that. It's basically togs, speedos, and a cap, earplugs, and then you see them getting covered in bloody... So this one a cage? No, 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 no. So there's no protection from sharks or anything? I don't think it's, it's not really too much of an issue there. I think there's a little bit of an issue in terms of maybe swimming into some debris and watching out for big boats and stuff, but yep. I don't think uh, sharks... You're not allowed contact with any boat or person? So how do they pass food over? They have it on a stick, a bit like what they do in the Olympics. Um, they pass it, you know, water and food out on a um, on a stick. Okay. Uh, you start by walking from into the sea. From dry land. Yeah, and then you obviously got to walk into the other dry land. Some quick facts. World record is six hours 57. That's right. Uh, it would really depend on the tides, wouldn't it? Well, that would be a proper kick-ass swimmer. Yeah, Again, with uh, good uh, tides. W- with good tides and who has been able to sustain the cold, as you, you'll hear about. First crossing, I read a book about this um, in 1875, Captain You read Webb. a book in 1875? 1875, <laughs> when I was a young fella. Uh, Were you passionate then? That's right. His time was 21 hours, and he more or less breaststroked um, the whole way across. Really? And uh, failed a couple of times. It was at least, at least once or I twice I love these old school it. guys, eh? Because have you read Everest, I mean, um, Edmund Hillary's book? No. Because they just didn't have nothing. Oh, yeah. You know, nowadays, you, yeah, we, they walk you up there, you know what exactly. I mean? They carry you up there, but, yeah. you know, back in those days, you didn't have anything. No. So, so if you wanted to check out that, you look up, a, do a search for Captain Webb, English Crossing, or whatever, and you'll find it. And it's a it's a pretty cool group of people, because only 1,333 people have ever completed it. This was from January 08, and then they've had, out of that 1,333 successful swims, there's been 937 individuals, so I'd say that'll be bumping up towards 1,000 now in a yeah. year's time. But anyway, there's uh, Paul McQuinney. Here we go. Check him on right now. Okay, guys, on today's show, we're happy to have uh, Paul McQuinney. He was uh, sent uh, details via Peter Colston. Um, and we've talked a lot about you know doing things like um, you know Ultraman and crazy crap. crazy adventures, and uh, one of those things is, is swimming the English Channel, which is uh, goes down a little bit of folklore. So, some quick facts on swimming the English Channel: it's 21 miles or 34 k's, but you end up uh, swimming about double that. The water temperature is usually anywhere from sort of uh, sort of about 14 up to 18 degrees max, I'd say. An average swim time is usually about 10 to 20 hours. So. We thought we'd um, talk to one of the men who's actually done it um, and welcome along to the show, Paul McQuinney. How are you, Paul? Good, guys. Thank you very much for the invitation. Cool. Hey, um, you know, one of the things we always wonder about this, this uh, training up for these events and, and so on is what you've actually got to do to get yourself ready for an event that you can't actually simulate in training. So you've, you've done Ironman and, and you've obviously done this now. I mean, what sort of um, swim training did, did it entail getting ready? Okay, I mean, for, the, for me, this has been a 20-year dream. So I made a decision late last year to move to Melbourne. Um, on the basis of the research of what I'd done, I just told Melbourne was probably the best place in Australia to train for the main reason being the water temperature here in Melbourne drops down to around about um, 7 or 8 degrees in winter in the bay. So um, I set a focus this year of doing... Starting off on a slow program, I ran about um, 25 to 30k a week, and I got up to just on 1100k's by the time I did the swim. Um, I was averaging um, about 50% of the swims in the pool, 50% of the swims in the bay. The longest base swim I actually did was about 25k, and the longest swim in the pool was about 22k. Nice. How long does 22k in the pool take you? 
a bloody long time. Um, it's, no, it was sitting there. I sat there for about just on seven hours, six and a half to seven hours. Wasn't pushing at a big pace. Was just trying to obviously just uh, get the body used to swimming you know, that sort of distances. Okay. Um, one of the things I also did in for focusing, I was doing a lot of swims at night time. I'd head down to the bay at two and three in the morning when the air temp was about four degrees, the water temp was about seven or eight, just to try and focus on doing that hour to two hours in the water that you used to swimming because obviously channel swim part of it was in the dark. Yeah. In regards to that, do you have someone with you training? Uh, yeah, I, I'd like to. Yeah. During the course of the process this year, I actually... Um, um, I picked up a new girlfriend, which has been nice. Um, nice. Chloe's um, an ultra-distance swimmer herself, so Chloe and I used to go and do a lot of swims together. She actually ended up doing or attempting a double crossing the channel the day I did my single crossing. Wow, but I see uh, the weather conditions uh, sort of thwarted her attempt when she was on her way back. Yeah, I mean, Chloe's, um, yeah, Chloe's a brilliant swimmer. I mean, she did just on um, 100k in the water, spent about 25 hours out there, and faced, at the end, yeah, six to eight foot waves. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, she's, back, she's back in again to try and do a double next year. So, I mean, I, I got off a website um, as of the 6th of January. This was last year. Um, the world record time was 6 hours, 57 minutes, and, and average times are usually sort of 10 to 20 hours for a single crossing. How long did it take you, and um, were you sort of around about the average? Yeah, I, I did 13 hours, 28 minutes. I mean, I'm very much what I'd term a back-of-the-pack type athlete. I sort of focused on getting across in around about 15 hours. So, yeah, very happy with the 13 hours and 28 minutes. And, and, and in terms of um, if people want to try to understand sort of what speed you are and, and stuff, when if you if you're in the pool and say you know you're just doing a regular sort of steady session, what sort of time per hundred are you doing? Do we just want to give people a, an understanding whether you need to be a gun swimmer to do this or whether you just need to be a steady swimmer? Nah, as long as you're a steady swimmer, I mean to me it's about distance. Yes, it was. A lot of it's about the climb, it's cold water climatization. And again, I can't push this time enough to the people. If you're going to go and look at something like this, really go and do your research. There's some amazing people out there. I mean, one of the guys I spoke to before was a guy called Murph or Michael Renford. Michael's actually the son of Des Renford. He did the channel, I think, 17 times. Um, Michael um, did the swim himself actually a year and a half ago. He gave me a lot of advice about the cold water climatisation, about going out there and, and doing the Ks. Um, I, as part of the process, actually did 100 times 100 a couple of times in the pool, straight out 10 Ks. And I was averaging around about 130 to 135 Ks. Okay, yeah. So, you know, that's a good steady pace, but, you know, you're not, you're not like a, a world record beater in terms of speed. So I think that's, it's, it's more just about having that mental side of things. And I guess one of the things a lot of people um, ask about, one of the things Peter mentioned to us was um, in terms of getting enough weight on board so you don't actually uh, get too, too cold out there. I mean, um, when you did it, what was the temperature and, and what did you do to, to put enough weight on to, to be able to sustain that cold? Yeah, the water temp when I swam was around about 16, 16 and a half degrees. Yeah. Um, I, during the course of the last 12 months, put on around about 20 kilos in weight. Wow. <laughs> uh, How is it mentally, you know? Because, you know, being, you know, you're an Ironman, you're obviously a pretty fit guy, and there's an image that comes along with that, and there's kind of an esteem that comes along with that as well. How was it to, to let your body do that? Was it an easy thing to do? No, nah, no fun at all. Absolutely no fun at all. And again, I go back to my girlfriend, the Chloe McCardle. Chloe's um, put on around 17 k to do the swim. Mm. But again, when she's also out there doing about 80 to 100k a week in training, it was damn hard yards for her. Because yeah. she's also a vegetarian. So mm. as much as um, you know, we can put on weight myself you know, doing the steaks and doing whatever else, she wasn't. She's strictly on a vegetarian diet. So yeah, a lot of ice cream, a lot of fat. So from a mental point of view, it wasn't, it wasn't a pretty look. And I mean, I looked at the video afterwards down. It's the body, yeah, it's fairly painful to say the least. Has it been easy to drop the weight since? Uh, dropping it now slowly. 
Yeah, I can't push that enough. I mean, there's a guy by the name of John Van West. John's um, um, triathlete himself. John's a very well-known international swimmer. John actually attempted the swim uh, probably 15 years ago now. Um, John, I think, first attempt, got pulled out of the water about 4K for the end, hypothermia, close to death, didn't put enough uh, weight on, went back, put on 20 kilos, came back the next year and did another half-hour swim. So again, it's very much about the hypothermia and putting the body fat on. Um, so, to talk us through the actual day, you know, you're out there for for 13 hours or so. Um, do you start at the crack of dawn? I mean, th- we're going to have a YouTube clip, guys, where you can have a bit of a look at the, the the link. It looked like a beautiful day when you started, but maybe just talk us through how the day went for you and, and any um, big challenges you had as you went through the the crossing. Yeah, one of the biggest challenges I actually faced was I had um, two very good friends from Australia, one being Peter Coulson and um, Melinda Bowman, who actually came across as part of my support crew. This has been one of the worst seasons um, for many years for bad weather, and we were over there for probably three weeks before we actually got the right day I could do the swimming. And in the meantime, Peter and Melinda both had to go home. So I was left without a support crew, which in itself is a pretty big challenge. Um, I was lucky enough to um, have referred to me two very good people, um, Belinda Holdsworth and Stephanie Kaser. Belinda herself actually um, is a triathlete and an Ironman, and Belinda, and sorry, Stephanie's um, an ultra-distance runner. So they both knew what it took to get someone across. So the biggest challenge itself was, yes, I didn't know my support crew. Um, beyond that, once I hit the water, first 10, 11 hours were fine, no issues at all. About the 11-hour mark, the cold started to hit the body, or the other that really hit home, the hypothermia. Yeah. And that's where I probably hit a wall. Between 11 and a half and 12 hours, the last hour and a half, it's a tough swim. Mm. It, it got, um, you know, you're obviously swimming in the darkness. I mean, um, how the hell do you swim in the dark and, and, and how do you ensure that you're actually staying on the right line? Are you sort of being guided by your, your pilot boat a little bit or how does that work? Yeah, it's very much a pilot. I mean, the pilot who took me across um, was a brilliant guy. He was there supporting me the whole way. I basically swam within probably a 10 by 10 box. Um, about five metres off the boat for the whole swim. Nice. So I actually got guided by his lights the whole way. Yeah. Um, I mean, apparently some amazing sights. We went past some very large container ships. We actually had a container floating by at some stage. But uh, I, I was oblivious to all that. I was just focusing on the swim itself. What's the mind going through? You know, like, it's a long time in the water and it's, it's you know, doing the same thing over and over again. What, what, what's the mental aspect like? Um, I think it's very much mental. You've got to stay strong the whole way. I mean, as I said to you, this was one of the worst seasons. A lot of people came over. They spent a lot of money taking their families across there um, and didn't get the opportunity that I got. I mean, the channel itself got a failure rate of about 90, 93% of people actually don't attempt it, don't actually get across. Wow. To me, I was just focused on the end goal of getting there, focusing on focusing on the 20 years, focusing on a lot of support from a lot of people here in Australia. Yeah. And, I mean, now you've, you've met people who have done it, you've done it yourself. Uh, uh, what type of, is there a particular type of person that maybe you think you say, hey, this is not the best thing for you? And, you know, because we see an Ironman guys coming in and doing an Ironman in their first year. I mean, is, are there any particular warnings you'd give to people if it's something they're, they're going to consider? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it's about research again. Um, look at your pilot who you're going to hire for swimming. It's a very expensive process to go and do. For me alone, to hire the boat was around about um, four thousand Australian dollars. Wow! Yeah, and then, um, probably for a double was an eight thousand dollar expense. Yeah, but you're paying a lot of money out to go and do the research completely on the the captain you're going to use, the boat you're going to use, those sort of things. That's all pretty important. But from a from a fit point of view, I think um, someone that can really focus on doing that cold water. I mean, I, about five months ago, back in April. I sat down and did um, a six-hour swim in Port Phillip Bay, and it was around about 14 and a half, 15 degrees. 
So if anyone's going to go and consider it doing it, I mean, it's essentially go out and do those types of swims and make sure you can handle it. Yeah. What about sickness? You know, like like leading up to the race, you know, you're putting yourself in extreme conditions a lot. How did the body handle that? Was it able to fight off sickness or did you actually get pretty weak? No, the fitness was fine. Where I, where I suffered was, I mean, I had to stop all running. I had to stop the gym work, stop all those sort of things. Because in doing that, I was actually losing the weight. So it's the body, other than getting massages twice a week, and I've still got some fairly, not some fairly, I've got, still got a few neck issues at the moment, but that was the main thing, because I mean, my body's gone from doing a previous maximum swim of about eight and a half, nine k to doing uh, ultimately 50k or 52k on a day to swim. Nice. Uh, and wear and tear, like joints? Sorry, Gus? Wear and tear, like your joints. Oh, yeah, as I said, yeah, that's, and that's why the massages. Yeah, yeah. nice. Oh, look, with the... Uh... It's been interesting finding out about a bit more about that. It's, uh... wait, wait, wait a second, when you got to the other side, oh, yeah. <laughs> when you stood up, what was it like? Oh, amazing, absolutely amazing. Nothing like it, nothing like it in the world. It's just, it's, it's, to me, it was a 20-year dream. I think if you look at the video of me getting back on the boat, you'll see the smiles all over the face. It was just an amazing achievement. I just, yeah, I, I got half, actually wanted to jump back in the water and start traveling backwards, swimming backwards again. <laughs> in regards to uh, the next few days, how did the body feel then? Well, that was an interesting one. I mean, because of Chloe going off the same day, I basically got back on the boat. We spent three and a half hours travelling back to the UK. Um, got myself an hour and a half sleep and then jumped on her boat and she went off and you know, spent 25, 30 hours on her boat. Oh, really? So God. I think really the body kept going for probably three or four days on the exhilaration of the whole experience. Yeah. And then hit a wall after that. We then went off and we spent four and a half weeks travelling around Europe. So that's sort of a good chance to um, continue, continue to enjoy. Oh, nice. Oh, no, it's been interesting finding out about that. It's uh, something I know a lot of people um, aspire to do, but yeah. I think it's it's good to have a little bit of reality check in terms of what it actually involves, and it's not a uh, not saying you can just go, how hey, I want to go and do it. It's going to take a little bit of uh, time and probably more more than the training and everything. It's a little bit more desire to get there. So, yeah, but if anyone's interested, guys, I mean, do you mind if I just give a quick plug to my girlfriend's website? Yeah, yeah definitely. www.chloe.chloe.mccardell.com a-R-D-E-L.com, ChloeMcArdle.com. Yep. Chloe's actually got on there some her whole experience over the whole channel, the process leading up to it, some great photographs as well as what she's doing in regards to another double crossing next year. Nice. Uh, would you want to do it again? Um, yeah, I would. I'd probably look at doing it, not this year coming, but probably the year after, most definitely. Um, if I don't do that, I'm definitely going to head towards Cook Strait in New Zealand probably the year after as well. A guy, a guy I know did it, uh, Kieran. Yeah. yeah, he did it, and he said he didn't want to swim for like five years afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> how, how was it um, when you had to? You stood up on, over in France, and then you had to swim back out to the boat. Where you did you lock up much then? Because we hear that uh, happens fairly commonly. Nah, again, I just took it easy. I was just breaststroking back, just taking it very easy. Yeah. Nice. nice. Uh, it's been very good talking to you, and thank you very much for your time. So, Paul McQuinney, uh now holds the title not a title but uh the distinguished distinguished achievement of crossing the channel well done and uh thanks very much for your time today thanks guys enjoy cheers i knew who did it Mm -hmm. kieran yeah he he hated swimming for ages after that (laughs) he said it was yeah yeah but it's here it's got to be a passion you've got to be passionate about this and it's It's not huge commitment you can't go into a half pie much 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 more different than doing an iron man yeah um so and it's the one sport Mm. imagine your shoulders man a lot of swimming, yeah, but you, you don't. I don't. It's one of these things. I don't think you have to be the fastest swimmer. Or Karen wasn't a particularly good swimmer. Um, he was alright. Yeah, he was alright. Yeah, but he wasn't like super. But he wasn't like yeah. um, a, a great, great swimmer or anything like that. You know. So I think as long as you're somewhere in that range of one thirty to two minute per hundred meter pace, um, you know, if you build up, you're swimming a lot. You're going. I don't to get think quicker. I can do the weight thing. 
I don't think I could deliberately put on 20 kg. I don't think it's. I wouldn't be too concerned about the the image sort of thing, but I just think the process that they have to go through yeah. to actually force all that fat. I would care about the image. I have to admit, but yeah. also I just the idea of putting on that much weight, like because oh, yeah. like it'd be, it'd be funny shape. because you begin swim fit, but then you start to feel lethargic, mm. you know, and then like imagine going running then. Mm. Oh. So a lot of respect for that kind of stuff. Mm. Okay, John. Questions and answers. Okay, we've got a first question here. Actually, it's just a statement. Statement. Our good friend. So we were talking um, with Rosie last week about you know pro cards and how you get it in the states. Anthony DeMarco sent this through. This is how you get your pro card in America. Okay. Criteria A: finish within eight percent of the winning elite time uh, in any three USA sanctioned events. So there's obviously a calculation. You just come oh, up with eight percent. Eight percent of the, whatever yep. the winning time is. Criteria B: finish top ten and within eight percent of the winner's time at AT, ITU World Champs. So that's age, group, age group. Okay. So. So is that easy enough? I mean, you've got to be, you've got to be half decent to finish top 10 in your age group at Worlds and say like a 20 to 24, 25 to 29, you've got to be, be pretty, pretty, sharp. Be pretty yep. decent. Um, criteria C, finish top 10 overall at the amateur field at um, Ironman World Champs. World Champs. Again, that's pretty, pretty sharp. That's, that, yep. that, that's a lot harder than uh, Criteria B. Criteria D, finish top 5 raw and within 8% of the winner's time at um, the US Age Group Championships. Criteria E, finish top 5 and within 8% of the winner's time at USA Collegiate National Championships. I'd say that would probably be the, one of the easiest criteria there. Um, criteria F, finish top three overall in the amateur field at an elite qualifying race. And there's various different races. So, I was going to say, because if you take away F, you're really limited in the amount of races you can qualify mm-hmm. in. Whereas F, it depends, I don't know, you have to go on their website to figure there was, out how there many... Was a, there was a number of races oh, there. Oh, there was, so, yeah. yeah. I think the, 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 the thing here is it's probably not that hard for a good athlete to get uh, a, a pro, pro license in, in America, now the difference is going to be, I guess you can have your pro card to race in, in any sort of races, um, USAT races, but you'll need to also get an Ironman pro license, so you have now, to have two. And, and, and I seem to recall, and I could be wrong on this, but when one time at Ironman New Zealand, I was sitting next to an American guy, and he was telling me about the pro card thing, and they actually make you go pro if you do the times. Yeah, they make you race as a pro. You mean, you, 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 well, that's what he, well, again, could yeah, be no, wrong. You, I'm not sure. He was kind of saying that, well, he was racing as a pro, and he'd only done like a 9.30 or something, and he said, oh, yeah, it was just because I'd done well in races, they made me race as a pro. Oh, I did, did not know the answer. If anybody can answer that for us, do they yeah. make you go pro if you meet the criteria? I'm not quite sure. That kind of sucks if you do. Yeah. <laughs> being penalised for being fast age group. Oh, well, maybe, yeah. It's, I know, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's not fair. Maybe they should do that. Like if you're always dominating the age group. Well, if you're an age group, if you're a working yeah, age group, it's yeah, tough yeah, shit. Yeah, true. Okay, uh, we got a bit of shit from Helltel, and, and it was fair enough. Because they're saying, we didn't ask him the pro questions. We did not ask We can tell you he doesn't shave his legs at the moment. It's roadsy we're talking about. And I'm pretty sure he probably doesn't use moisturizer. He's a bit of a man's man. Yeah. He's got some interesting pictures on his website, though, so... Yeah. Big sideburn, yeah. sort of chiseled look going on. He's looking pretty animal-ish, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. A mess with roadsy. Question for John. After having two months off swimming, would, what would be the best way to get back into training? Short intervals or just build up with steady swims? Combination. <laughs> got to nice. sit on the fence there. Com- you got to go for the combination number 21 and number 25, combination <laughs> rice. Uh, what I'm doing, I'm doing very similar sort of stuff. Is, uh, two Ks. <laughs> steady swimming and I'll finish off, well, before each, uh, you know, I'll get in and warm up. Then I'll do a little bit of speed You'd have a longer stuff, warm up, wouldn't you? You, wouldn't, you kind oh. of... I'll do, you know, probably six, eight hundred metres warm up and then do some 25s or 50s. Then I'll do a steady main set and then I'll do a little bit of speed work at the end. So I think um, for Hao Tao, you're probably a pretty reasonable swimmer, I would imagine. You're a sub nine hour guy, I'd imagine your swim's got to be okay. 
suggest something along those lines. Yeah, I got some copies of Hawaiian saying Albert was bloody amazing, personal service, which is great. He was saying the Iron Talk code doesn't work with free shipping. That's good for us to know. Okay. So, um, Next question is from John Barrett. And basically his question was, John, he's a master... And he's basically wondering, should he go long distance? He's done a lot of long distance training over the times. And he's kind of thinking he hasn't got so much train, time to train now. Now he's over 50, he's 50. And he's kind of thinking he would maybe like to do some intense training, less time. But as he's getting older, is that going to be, you know, push him towards the edge of injury or not? Injuries, yeah, right. so is it better for him just to try and do the long distance stuff? Or is it better to do some real high intensity training, but have the risk of injury? Guys, hear that it, those emails popping through or not? They would have had time. Yeah, that was an yeah. easy one. But Skype, it's Skype. Oh, it's Skype. Yeah, because my email doesn't do that. I think I'll keep Skype. Okay. Anyway, um, it's quite a hard question to answer because I vary what I give people quite a lot, and I think that's uh, maybe a bit of a difference between, say, like the Mark Allen type thing and the Gordo type thing. Yes, you can manipulate those programs, but it's sort of a generic one for all. And most of those things, when you're, you're fairly new to the sport, and uh, you're still improving, you know, I think those things work. I find that with a lot of the guys that I work with, they've often sort of had a little bit of a plateau, and they need to make a little bit of a breakthrough. So for new athletes who are new to triathlon, I would pretty much always say is you're better off focusing on doing longer distance, steady state work, becoming more efficient, and just getting through your first couple of races. For the guys that are, are then looking to step up, if you've sort of plateaued a bit, that's when I find the high-intensity stuff comes in a bit more. And the safest way to do it is to do high-intensity biking. With high-intensity biking, the risk of injury is not that great. Yes, you can obviously injure yourself. High-intensity swimming, likewise, pretty similar, pretty safe to do it. It's yeah. the running side of things that I think you need to be a little bit careful of. So um, I've got a number of guys that I'm working with at the moment that are doing some very, very high-intensity hard biking in their off-season to try to make that, that lift. And then when they go into their sort of main Ironman build, they'll be doing you know more race-specific work. So I think if you're you're older, high-intensity biking no problem, high-intensity swimming no problem, high-intensity running, be careful, do it on soft surfaces, and I would suggest more along the lines of hill reps sort of stuff. So that's a little bit of an answer, but but a, there's no shortcut in terms of actually doing some good long simulation sessions. So if you're doing an Ironman you can try all these different ways of training, in my opinion, in terms of doing high-intensity stuff. You've still got to go out there and do some decent volume training if you want to reach your sort of maximum potential. Yep. There's no silver bullet out there. Silver bullet, John. I like that one. Right. You just made that up, didn't you? I out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay, epic camp quote. There's no easy way. That's right. There is no easy way. Yep. So answer your question is, if you're doing Ironman, you can probably bring in some high-intensity stuff. I'd suggest doing it mainly on the bike. Um, if you're doing half Ironmans or Olympic distance, different story. You need, you know, then you can bring in more and more high intensity stuff. But Ironman stuff, you still got to do the volume. Off season is a great time to do some really kick ass high intensity stuff, especially on the bike, on the trainer in winter. And I think one thing to always be aware of as an athlete is be really good at listening to your body and not denying what it's telling you. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things people do is they'll push through a niggle 
and with high intensity work and make mm-hmm. it into an injury which then takes them out of training and and if you're thinking about you know listening to your body there's a difference between just being fatigued and actually being injured mm-hmm. and most injuries can actually be prevented if you just actually pull away at the right times and get work done on it and you know when it comes to that intensity stuff you are going closer to the injury range you should have pulled out when you're at 1.2k in that swim Bevan what swim was that when you hurt your neck no I was doing the abs and aerobics uh, you can't pull away from that can you well I probably can yeah. you just tell them what to do yeah. you got the mic but um, had a fit, but anyway. So you know, really get used to like listening to your body, and when you go to the intense place, just be a bit more aware of what your body's doing. Particularly if you are a little bit older and your body's a bit more vulnerable, um, you know, you just need to really be kind of responsible with your body, don't you? That's right. Mm. I just got a quick link here. Good old speedworkdesign.com. Richard Malik, uh, Malik is um, he's he's a, he's a web designer, but he does it for triathletes. Okay. And so, and he's it's doing a cool website. And he said, if you ever want a website done, check out his, his website company. It's all run by triathletes, and it's all good. Look at that. We need a website done. We need a new website. Actually, done. we do need a website done. That's right. We'll give you a plug. You do the website. Richard Mark, you uh, hook us up with a. We, we need a new fancy indexable. We're website. thinking with Squarespace. Have you heard of Squarespace? We're thinking of that. So, your website designer on a blog platform. Richard on a black blog. We, we we need your help. Okay. We, we don't pay a lot. <laughs> we pay by plugs. <laughs> <laughs> pay by plugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a work. Okay. Sponsors. Speaking of plugs. Athlinks.com. Okay. Go. There are, well, we're gonna do, I'm going to do a com- combo here. I'm going to go with one of our nicknames. Okay. Because you searched all good old The Extinguisher. Uh, yep. Simon The Extinguisher Briley. Oh, why, John? We like your style, Simon, because Simon's got on there, and he is the administrator for his tri-club. So oh, nice. I encourage you guys to get on there. Get your tri-club on there. Simon's with Tri-Anglia, and he is uh, manages that group. Oh, nice. And you can get on there, and then you can basically keep all your club results in one place. If you get all your members to be involved, you can compare yourself. Really easy to do your sort of club championship races, or if you're going to do points for any series, get your clubs involved, get on it. Some hot shit talking to him. Caprice Hatch is Caprice Hatch is, is following you, Simon. He said, "Hey, you. Did you get my message?" Hey, you. He's going, "Yeah, I'm liking that message." <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you're on Netflix at the moment as well. If you haven't already done it, if you're in the states, um, how do you, what do you say? How do you say? Amino Vital. Amino Vital. You can get some free samples there. Um, just go to their main page, and on the outside of the page, there's all the advertising there. Uh, you can also get a discount of 40% off some of their product, which is a bit of a no-brainer. And uh, I've tried the product. I actually like it. So, If it's good enough for Hunter Kemper, it's good enough for you. That's right. Good old Hunter Kemper. <laughs> Who's he? <laughs> okay. And you can meet some local triathletes. Okay. Um, What's that all about? I know. It's an ad, ah. Fitness singles. You you go. Go if you're a single, would you go on something like this? No, the one, there's one in New Zealand that does quite well. Does it? Yeah. Uh, Sports dating or something. I don't know. Okay. Sports up, so. I don't know. Can't say I've given it all the thought, Bevan. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by you there, John. Yeah. Because you're a bit old school at times, and, and I thought you occasionally. I, I thought you would have gone internet. No way. You've got to meet them in person or something. Well, I wouldn't end up having a big bloody relationship. I'd, I'd find somebody local. Yeah, I'm, I'm Are you writing down more notes to give me shit about? No, 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 no. <laughs> I'll tell you this one later. No, no, I'm impressed, John. You've moved up in my world. You've moved right. up in my books. So, athlinks.com for all your tracking needs and get your club involved. And get that deal involved and also meet some fitness singles. Coffees of Hawaii. 
Now, we're loving coffees of Hawaii, and lots of people are loving it. We're getting lots of emails through from you guys. You're buying because the deal on shipping's on, and it's obviously a good, good deal because you're free buying. shipping. Yeah, That's so tell us about it. John, what's the deal? You basically just get on there, just free shipping. It's Christmas time. My mother-in-law was having some coffees of Hawaii the other day, actually. John was thinking. Oh, well, I'm probably about the same, so no, don't okay, worry about okay. it. Um, it'll, it'll Does your mother-in-law like it'll it? Neutralize. She was going, we had some of that coffees of Hawaii. She had a bridge crew around the other day. Oh, the bridge. And I can't bridge, wait till I'm old and doing that shit, eh? Bridge crew. We're you know what I mean? I can't that. wait till I'm old and retired. She'll be loving you calling her old. I'll, I'll let her know. You I don't, well, how old is she? Sixty, sixty odd, I guess. I reckon over sixty, you're starting to get old. Yeah, okay. You know, I think okay, I can say that without getting in trouble. Okay. Sure, eighties old, but sixty, you know, you're not young. What's this new, th- new thing available? Tisane. By selecting and milling our, well, our, from one of our plantations, mm-hmm. <laughs> the unique natural dried coffee of cherry husks, we introduce a twenty-first century creation. Try it today and receive a free tea diffuser with your order. Oh, so it's tea. Oh, Albert. It's not just coffees of Hawaii, it's tea of Hawaii. Coffees and tea of Hawaii. There you go, you can get yourself a little Christmas set, give them some coffee, give them some tea, that'll make up a nice Christmas gift. Get onto it, Christmas is only just around the corner, we're almost into December. Do you play bridge? Bridge is kind of like Yucca, isn't it? Uh, It's more like 500, isn't it? Oh, I love 500, do you like 500? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not very good at it. Oh, so I'm pretty sharp yeah. at 500. I only like things I'm good at. <laughs> so like, I, yeah. I just don't play things. So I'm not good at. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, so go to Coffee's Hawaii. Make sure you get on. We're getting lots of emails from you guys saying you're actually loving the product and the service and everything about it right now. Gift so. giving, there's a tab on there as well. So if you want to send it to somebody elsewhere in the world, easy. Okay, trybuys.com. Uh, yeah, don't spin the crank today. I'm not going to spin the crank. <laughs> but you guys can still. Spin the crank. <laughs> it's hard not too bad, isn't it? Because you go on the front page and it's right there in front of you. But go back. We'll go back. I and mean, there's, there's also, we've spun the crank the last couple of weeks. There's also still the Kona 2009 sale on. That's gold, man. So there's always sales. But uh, to try stuff up there. Yep. Get your T-shirts on there. Blue 70 wet, Blue 70 wetsuits. Look at bikes. And remember, when you go on their sale page, at the top they've got the header... And you look swim, bike, run, off-road, and tri gear. Now, don't just think it's only swim, because when we first started looking at the website, we only thought that. But you can actually go on there, you can find lots and lots of stuff. But look at this, women's De Soto 2008 shorts, bike shorts, were 110 US, now 55. Nice. That is cheap, man. Like with New Zealand's exchange rate at the moment, like for a Kiwi. 0.73, it's, it's, not, it's, uh, it's cheap. It, it's getting down, isn't it, John? Mm. And so I'm just going to wait for my computer to muck around, so... Uh, it's not quality podcasting. 75 bucks for a pair of cycle shorts. Nice. You, you know what I think, John? Cycle shorts are a rip-off. You just, you've still got issues with my sheen that I had on last week. My sheeny pants. But yeah, it's because you look like you could see your ass. Right? <laughs> That's why. Cycle shorts are expensive. They are, man. So if you can get them for like 75 bucks. You do get what you pay for a bit with bike shorts. So if you get cheap, shitty ones, they are cheap and shitty. Oh, but look at this here. So don't you, don't you sometimes look at women's clothes and you think they'd be quite cool as a guy's top? Because that is pretty cool. That is pretty... Uh, Pretty white. Yeah, white's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Get dirty. You wouldn't get a lot of wear and tear out of that. Here we go, no shoes. There's the ones I've got. Shit, I should have gotten on here when they're on special. <laughs> uh, There's lots on there. Trybuys.com. You can spin the crank to get yourself in a prize drawer and you can get some cheap stuff on this sale, sale page. Okay, beautiful. So, sponsors are? Athlinks.com. Get on there. See your friends. See the haircuts. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Get the free shipping. Have a game of fridge. And trybuys.com. You can get a white top too. Okay, John. Do our work on some nicknames. We have a few donations, and you keep donations coming through. We are thinking about having a recurring donation thing. 
we are. Yeah, we need. John and I have been talking about sitting down here with a big talk Do- about dollar everything. Dollar a show or something like that. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, it's only $12 a year. Oh, no, 52 Yeah, $12 a year. a month. Yeah. Um, but anywho, um, so some people have been donating still, and we love you that if you're doing that. So we've got a few nicknames to give up. Okay, you can do your ones, I'll do my ones. Okay, so I've got Rich, I've got Scott Richdale, and he's going to be the Iceman. Why is that? Because he's cool under pressure. Okay. Nice, you like that, don't you? Very good. Yeah. Okay, do you want me to, you go next. Uh, Neil, the Darlington demoralizer. Oh, I smashes it. He's from Darlington. Where's Darlington? Somewhere in the UK. Oh, I like the way you know these things. Well, that's what Athlinks is all about, see? Yeah, you always do your research, I just wing them. Yeah. Okay, Mark Atkinson, but I'm going to call him Mark Skywalker Atkinson. Uh, why is that, Bevan? This is a Jedi Knight. Nice. Okay, <laughs> one we've already mentioned, Simon the Extinguisher Briley. Beautiful. Why is that? Uh, because he's a fireman. I mean, oh, nice. He, also, That's pretty good, John. I like that. He's on Athlinks, and I saw he's a fireman, and he's also got his club there, so he's the extinguisher. You might need to think about the next one, John. Joan Hellman, and I was going to play with Hellman because it's a great last name, but I thought <laughs> she probably always gets that. Agent 140. Why 140? It's Ironman distance in miles. Uh, okay. Yeah. Probably 140.6 probably. Yeah, I was going to do I was going to put 0.6 in there. Right. Okay. Yeah, I did think about it. I could have gone 140.6, but then I thought, well... You've got 0.6721. Yeah, and it's going to get away. You know, I couldn't okay. do it. So it's Agent 140, Joan Hellman. You could have gone Agent... Well, it depends where she's from. You could have gone Agent225.com. Uh, oh, yeah, I know, but then you're getting big numbers. Yeah, okay. You know, and, and I think the agent's lower numbers are better. And the last one... David. Yeah, you've got David and you haven't done it. David didn't have a surname when it came through. It was David. What was the videos we had the last week? Um, the I, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, oh, no. You keep talking. Okay. You keep talking, I'll get it up. We've got one more. It just came through as David, but it was a guy who, who we featured his website last week and the week before. Uh, I think it was like Sufferfest. Yeah, it was. Yes, I remember. That's right. Yeah. yeah. David, the Sufferfest, whatever your surname is. Okay, you're just going to give him the, the, the company name. Well, we'll give, he's got, well, yeah, why don't we call him David the Sufferfest.com? Okay. Last name. So That's every right. time we say his there name, his website gets a play. That's right. Yeah, I like that. Nice. There you go. Great. Nicknames. If you want a nickname, you donate to the show. It helps Bevan and I stay highly motivated and keep producing the top quality entertainment. Okay. This is, sounds good. Sounds it good. does sound good. My boss is You've got an invoice, Bevan. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah. Send me your invoice. We want to pay you lots of money. Okay. Have um, we done now? We've done, we're, we're easy now, John, because we've got 15 minutes for the interview I haven't put in yet. Here we go, sweet ass. Oh, John, tell me about your life. I'm Russ, Simon Day. Tra- 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 <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> I think we, we need to have relationship problems because those endings were gold. Yeah. <laughs> they, they were gold. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> they were funny to see. The swimming pool's open, Bevan. I'm happy about it. What do you mean? It wasn't open. The swimming pool. Like, oh, you're sw- I thought you meant QE2. No, the swimming pool's open. I'm happy. You told me it's about how much cold. it cost you for your cover. Yeah, I wasn't happy about that. Yeah, how much was that, John? About grand. And I haven't even got a cover roll or thing yet, and that's going to be another grand. Really? So, yeah. So, it's good. But you hate Paul's spending money. Great. I do hate spending money, but Paul's open. We, we christened it on Friday when it was bloody like 30 degrees down here. You here? Where you uh, was it Friday? Bloody hot. And so Thomas and I had a bit of a swim. Thomas jumped in and he goes, BOOM! <laughs> <laughs> it was classic. He just froze. He wanted to come in here with togs on and everything, and he jumped out, and then he jumped back in a few more times. So he was oh, really? Up. So it's all good. Uh, has he had swimming lessons already? Yeah, we go swimming lessons every week. Thomas do you do it with him? Wednesdays, 10 to 10. Where do you take him? Do you take him one down the road? Yep. Boone uh, Street? Uh, no, Fisher Ave. 
Um, oh, the yep. bumblebees. Bumblebees, yeah. Quality. As it is. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Good, good little swimmies. Actually, almost. What do they teach them? Uh, a lot of safety skills yep. and um, just getting them confident being under the water and, um, yeah, sort of jump, uh, jump in. And a lot of fun. Okay, so. John, so here we go. You're the athletic man, yeah. and I know you've got a plan for the kid. Yeah. So, 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 so what's the plan for the athletic career? He's, he's going to become <laughs> a competent swimmer, and then he chooses what he wants to do. Oh, really? But he's going to do probably, well, I'm not going to tell him what he's going to do, but Come I, on, I but would you, be encouraging team sports... Oh. At primary school, and then probably specialise at high but school. If you wanted to win Kona, you've got to get him swimming early, don't you? I think you'll find that most people who win Kona have probably not specialised in a sport prior to high school. Really? Or well, specialised in, tri- in, in swimming, biking, or running. Maybe if they're swimmer swimming. Melina? Yeah, that's pretty wrong. Uh, I don't know, yeah. He's went from five. Yeah, well, maybe <laughs> swimming. I have to say, I have to say, John, be worried. Be worried in Epic Camp. You know why? Why? Be worried Melina's going to beat you up. Not because he's going to be mean on the bike. I went swimming the other day. Yeah. I walked in, Melina's in there in the changing room, can change. And not that I pervert men in the changing rooms, but Melina's bolted up. <laughs> Have you seen him lately? No. Man, because, no, you know, look, I've you know, got pretty skinny in my triathlon years and I haven't really put the weight back on. And Melina's, man, he's looking a bit like the Hulkamania. Okay. So I'm just saying, don't smack him too hard on the bike. I mean, he may not be as fast on the bike because of the weight factor, but <laughs> the boy is looking sharp. I think he listens to you, don't you? Know, looking, yeah. I'm just saying, John, don't get him angry. Okay, I won't. Because he'll, he'll, he'll pump you one. Pops me every bloody hill climb anyway. Well, you may get him because he has me. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying you're fat because I'm, I'm impressed with the body, but I'm just saying there's definitely a bit more weight happening there, and he's okay. looking... He's looking a bit WWE style, <laughs> you know, I might have to give him a nickname. Okay. The Terminator's no longer counting, I tell you. <laughs> we'll might see be a bit you. roid rage. Yeah, <laughs> right. Other than that, swimming lessons, pool is open. Did a little long ride on Sunday. Boys smacked me around a little bit. Did the gorges, did you? Gorges, nice ride. Oh, I was actually shit, I was pissing down the rain when we started. I got to give porno a bit of shit. Yeah. Turned up this weekend to do the edge bit and half. Quality. He gives me an email going, Oh, well, we'll see you Saturday in Ashburton. And I'm going, I'm thinking, what do you mean, see you Saturday? Sure, it's next week. So I wrote back, are you sure? I'm pretty sure it's next week. And he goes, bloody race directors. And he wants to go on about ranting for the race directors. I'm pretty sure the website had it right months ago. I so, I yeah, I think he yeah, yeah. can only blame himself on that one. He's got his taper. He was ready to go last weekend, was he? Tapered down. Yeah, tapered, that's bang. the thing. The taper and all. Oh, his key uh, sessions thrown out the window. I think he's actually doing the Olympics, so I don't okay. think he's too stressed, but... Uh, so we've got our local half Ironman on this weekend. Are you now? No, I've got a cushion conference all weekend. Well, what so. do you mean they have a cushion conference? What's that about? Who's playing that? It's triathlon New Zealand. Well, they're not thinking of the sport, are they? I'll pass that message on to them. Yeah, make sure you... Because they must know who I am. Yeah, I'll <laughs> pass that on to them. I'm sure they listen to me every week. And, that, and I've also got a kids event that I'm putting on on Sunday. Oh. Splash and Dash Challenge. And what, what, what kind it's of numbers you got? Uh, hopefully we get up to about 100. Probably not well, quite 100, but it's first time. We didn't have any budget to spend anything, so for our first time, it's okay. And uh, what kind of uh, numbers, I mean, not, not numbers, what kind of distances are they doing? The 7 to 10-year-olds, so 50 metre swim and a 1.5k run. And then from there up it goes up, so the oldest school kids do, four, like 17, 18-year-olds do 4.50 swim and a 4.5k run, I think it is. Oh, nice. So. John, did you go see Twilight? Twilight? <laughs> you don't even know it. Don't know what you're talking about. Come on, John, you must know at least what it is. No. The, the movie, Twilight. No. no. You, you know nothing about Twilight. I, know, I didn't even know 
They existed. The movie existed. You know, really seriously? Seriously. Wait, right, I'm gonna put my photo up here just to see. It's Twilight. Twilight. Wait a second. Here we go. Twilight. See, look at that. You don't have to do it's TW. Still not gonna work for you don't, me. You don't know Twilight. No. Well, John, what's gonna happen is when your little girl is gets that Johnny Depp, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta admit that there looks like Johnny Depp. Well, maybe they put scissor hands. Twilight. No, doesn't look like Johnny Depp. You don't know Twilight. My daughter's 12 and a half, John, and she is the niche market for Twilight. Right. And last week in my life, it was all about Twilight. Right. And you know what? I actually did like the first one. Yeah? You don't even oh, know. Is this like part two, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The books. Belinda. I do know the other one. What's the dancing one? They all go into that. <laughs> high school movie or something? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Tweety Dancing. No. Uh, high school musical. Yeah. See, John, you're going to have kids. You're going to be into this stuff soon. Yeah, my kids too. No, but what happens is, John, is that you end up liking their music and it breaks your heart. Because when, when they get to high five, and it's only a couple of years away from no, you. Tommy's already at high five. See, and you're starting to like the songs, I just see. High five. High five. <laughs> and you're going to start liking the songs. Uh, ah, John, it all changes. Here comes a chicken. Here comes chicken. chicken. Here comes chicken. Chicken down the road. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's a wiggles, not a high five. I was going to say, because uh, high five's not that yet. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. And I'm going down this weekend to watch the race. Oh, you are? Yep. Oh, you can be my cheering squad. I will. Who are we going to cheer on? Andrew Black, he'll be here. We are this of my I am talk listeners. Is he uh, doing the half? Uh, Who's favourite? I don't know who else is racing, to be honest. Um, Axel. I think Axel's still away. Oh. Uh, Maybe I should have done it. Sid Cumming will probably, I dare say, will be coming up. I should have done it. I could have got. We've got win. a sprint Olympic. I've got a few guys in the Olympic. Um, so we'll see how it goes. It's going to be a complicated race, I tell you. He's Peter O'Brien's trying to pull off. <laughs> A little bit of complication there. Four different races in one go. <laughs> we'll just see how it goes. Sharpen up on your organisation. Jeez. Okay. See how it goes. Right, well, we'll give you a report next week. That's pretty much this week's show. I've got no other goss. I'm in love, John. Iron Rusts. I am... I'm going to say it again. Iron Rusts. I'm in, don't. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Love your work.